0: Under the Tartan Sky, episode 51, produced 2 April 2018. Scotland is the northernmost part of the island of Great Britain. Its only land border is with England, and as such, it offers over 6,000 miles of coastal area for touring and exploration. Add in the almost 800 islands dotted around Scotland, and that area quickly expands to more than 10,000 miles. It's no wonder then, that in 2015, Scotland was named a world-class sailing destination, with maritime tourism contributing almost 4 billion pounds annually to the national economy. One of the fastest growing means for seeing Scotland from the water is small ship cruising. Luxury cruises not for the thousands or the hundreds, but for only a handful of guests. I'm Glenn Moyer. The Majestic Line is one of Scotland's first small ship cruise lines. And in a moment, we'll weigh anchor with Marketing Director Myrie McGee in order to learn more about the luxury of small ship cruising around Scotland, here under the Tartan Sky.
1: 2018 in Scotland is going to be bra. The stage is set and the curtain has gone up on Scotland's Year of Young People. It's 12 months of events intended to inspire all of Scotland while allowing its young people to shine and showcase their diverse talents and contributions to their communities, their country and the world. Whether you're young or just young at heart, why not visit and see all that Scotland and its young people have to offer in 2018, the Year of Young People.
0: Scotland is a maritime nation with a long seafaring history. Maritime tourism has been a part of the nation's tourism industry for years, but only recently have efforts begun to make sailing as much a pillar of tourism to Scotland as golf, history, culture and genealogy. In 2017, three agencies came together to support Scotland's maritime tourism strategy, Awakening the Giant. As the Highlands and Islands Enterprise visit Scotland, and Scottish Development International announced a 140,000-pound package of support for Sail Scotland, the country's official arm for maritime tourism promotion. Maritime tourism in Scotland has seen a steady rise of interest, with a reported 45,000 tourists in 2000, increasing to 240,000 in 2010. That's a five-fold increase, which, if it continues, could see almost one million maritime tourists visiting Scotland by 2020. There are many ways to see Scotland from the water, but perhaps one of the most unique and relaxing is on board a small ship cruise, or perhaps the term should be mini-cruise. While ocean-going cruise ships can entertain thousands, and small ships perhaps a few hundred, guests on the three vessels of one of Scotland's original small ship cruise companies, the Majestic Line, will number only 12 in a full complement, with a crew of four. The Majestic Line was founded in 2004 when Ken Grant and Andy Toms acquired two wooden-hulled Irish fishing boats and converted them to many cruise ships, the Mawson and the Glen Torson. The line began touring in 2006 and in 2015 expanded with the addition of a purpose-built steel-hulled third ship, the Glenetive. Now entering the 2018 season, the line has just announced plans for adding a fourth ship, the Glen Shield which will enter service in 2019. With this fourth ship, the company will offer new itineraries out to the Outer Hebrides and St. Kilda, while the Glenettive will add a new over-the-sea-to-sky itinerary. Director Andy Toms said it was demand that forced the addition of this new ship, which he describes as having the flavor of a 1930s gentleman's yacht with lots of hardwoods and brass. Indeed, the Majestic Line is already sold out for its entire 2018 season before even weighing anchor on its first cruise of the year. I've never been on a cruise of any size, so to learn more about the attraction of small ship cruising in Scotland, I turned to Tom's daughter, Myrie McGee, who now serves as marketing director for the Majestic Line, and I asked her what inspired her dad and his partner, to start up their seagoing lifestyle.
1: The reason that they took the uh, the beautiful old wooden hulls, Irish fishing boats, um, was that the Irish government were giving Irish fishermen more money to decommission their vessels than, than fish. So really, they were actually scrapping their boats. And, and my dad, with his love of boats, um, thought this was awful um, and said, well, why don't we... Um, you know convert them um we have uh, plus they'd also been to turkey on a gullet and um, you know gulet uh, cruising in, the, in in the turkish isles and uh, they were lying on you know on, on the deck because in the sun and you know kind of all-inclusive and saying we should be doing something like this in scotland um and the turkish gullets obviously wouldn't transfer over here so when they find out about the irish fishing boats and um, they they said well we can do that we can do this here my dad being an architect. Um, said I can convert these boats um into little mini cruise liners and because they have the 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 wooden hull um, they were they were perfect for sailing in these waters. Um, so it's a lovely wee story actually like saving saving the Irish fishing boats from scrappage. I mean there was nobody else really doing what we were doing um, at that time. There was like you know the odd operator to um, you know cruise operator but, you know, on the scale that we wanted to do, it was, um, you know, the luxury of having the, the, Scot- the amazing Scottish hospitality, um, you know, on cabins, um, all your meals um, provided, you know, complimentary wine, things like that. We, but uh, that's where we we came about with the idea. And Glenn Masson was converted. Uh, she was converted in 2004. And then her sister ship came in 2007, uh, Glenn Tarson. And uh, we sailed um, round the Clyde and, you know, the South Argyle for a while. And then we realised that people wanted to see Mull, you know, Mal and Sky are their big brands. So we decided to convert the Glen Tarson to um, sail out of those waters. And it goes on and on and on, (laughs) basically.
0: (laughs) Is there something unique about Scotland and its geography, its makeup, that is, um, well, let's see, what's the right word? But but is formative to this idea? You mentioned, obviously, Scotland having the many islands and then that being the type of Yeah, I mean, basically,
1: there's about 3,000 miles of coastline um, in the west coast of Scotland. um, And little, um, you know, kind of sea lochs um, and inlets and bays and islands and, you know, kind of... Um, I mean, even in the outer Hebrides, it's made it's made up of like two hundred islands. um and uh, you know we we thought, well, you know these little boats, i mean, what what better way to see the the islands and and the sea locks than by sea? You know it's it's a different perspective. You know you have your 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 tour your tours on land, you know you can rent cars, you can have bus tours, things like that, but the, you know seeing seeing it from a sea perspective is is something else. Um, And it is a wonderful coastline, um, Argyll um, and uh, the inner and outer Hebrides and the southern Hebrides. Um, And it's it's a really, really great, great place to to cruise. And and it's it's evident that um, there are a lot of other operators out there now doing what we're doing, um, which is which is great for the for the industry and great for Scottish tourism and marine tourism.
0: So what was the selling point when you first launched uh, the first couple of ships? Um, because this really wasn't being done at that time, certainly not on a scale, as you say, that, that you operate. Um, mm-hmm. How do you take this idea and put it out in front of the world to turn it into a successful touring business?
1: Well, what we did was it was really difficult to begin with, um, trying to sell um the areas, and it was it was difficult to 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 do it. But word of mouth it, that's that's where we've that's how we've been so successful. Word of mouth, uh, repeat customers, uh, recommendations. Because really, it was so hard to 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 sell something that nobody knew really much about. And so we got a lot of um, travel writers on board, um, and uh, editorial seemed seemed to work for us. Um, you know, it was like having their experience of life on board. And that's helped us um, market market the company better. And as the um, you know, and also we've had um, some some television uh, coverage, um, and also Scotland really has got, got, gotten on the map now, especially the west coast of Scotland. So um, we're kind of riding on that wave as well. With the, they're focusing on the Hebrides and and Mull and, and places like that now in in the television. But it's been a long it's been a long process. This is our fourteenth year. <laughs> So it's it's taken a long time to get where we are.
0: Yeah, and, and Scotland is in fact recognized as a a world class sailing destination. Um, something yes. that I think is, and I'm sure you know better than I, but I think marine tourism is just kind of coming into its own in Scotland. Um, and that has to be helpful for an industry or, or for a business like yours.
1: Yeah, it is I mean it's been really it's it's been hard to get recognized um, in as a marine tourism operator because um Scotland has been a destination, you know, for hotels, guest houses, B and Bs, you know, all land based.
2: Right.
1: Um and really it was a case of, you know, people are sailing into Scotland and they're they're not um you know, on their own boats, but we were all we were offering our boats for people to come to Scotland, and we were visiting lots of different areas instead of one area. Um, so it has been difficult, but I think the um, there is plans for 2020 um, marine tourism um, operative that, that, that the the um, the Scottish government are, are, um visit Scotland and everyone are working on, um, which is great for us and and the brand. Um, but it has been a hard slog getting. Getting recognised um, as a, a, you know, a kind of recon- as a um, tourism business.
0: Yeah, I did an episode uh, a year or so ago with uh, Sail Scotland uh-huh. when. When uh, Uh really marine tourism was, I think, just beginning to take off Uh, and the whole concept that Scotland can be a water destination as opposed to a Mm land-based destination. As you say, most people Mm -hmm. would come to Scotland to see the castles and and all the beautiful scenery and the history, et cetera. But as you say, the country is made up of hundreds of islands and islands are in effect, they are surrounded by water, duh. So why not? Why not tour on the water?
1: Uh-huh. i mean caledonia brain do a fantastic job of of you know island hopping people around um but, but we're doing it on a on a kind of smaller scale um but you you still get that opportunity to go ashore and visit those lovely beautiful castles and and quaint little fishing villages and things like that it's just that you your your accommodation is moving <laughs> right <laughs> every morning you wake up to a new view which is
0: lovely let's talk about life on board uh your ships then Mm -hmm. for for just a little while you've already used the term which came to mind as i started to research the company and that is intimate and Mm -hmm. you've used the term luxury as well and you have many of the accoutrements of a big huge cruise liner tell me a little bit about life on board on one of your cruises first of all i guess let's talk about um the accommodations what are your cabins like
1: the cabins are smaller than than you would get in a hotel but we don't kind of sell ourselves on having like luxury cabins i mean you're you're on a boat but you've got a lovely double bed and an ensuite you know with a, with a toilet and a, and a shower and a sink um so we don't kind of we we're on the pretense that people will don't spend that much time in their cabins anyway um they go there to sleep and and that's about it really there are some lovely um kind of there's the dining deck saloon um there's the the three outdoor decks on board on of, of each boat and then on the new boats um they have the observation saloon in um, in the forward um and the forward deck as well um and the accommodation on board is 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 quaint and it's 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 lovely scottish um uh, my father had um, put the walls as as um, mahogany in the mass and in the massing and the tarson, but he's painted the um, the etive and he'll paint the, the shield. The the cabins all all kind of a nice kind of cream colour, um, you know. And the the beds are all king size beds, and um, you know the en suites are, are are perfect. I mean, you don't really need a bath on board a, a cruise ship, do you? <laughs> the shower's fine, um, but no, I mean it's 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 generally a lot of um, kind of communal areas uh, what we you know we're not like the big cruise ships where everyone eats alone um, we have um we have one dining um table uh, that everyone sits around and um you know over the course of the week or ten days um it's amazing how many friendships are, are uh, strike up you know with with people on board we've had we've had a, a group of um individuals um, you know either uh, two singles and five and four Couples who came on board, n- not knowing each other at all, um, and then they booked a private charter together, which was lovely. So, you know, you do find uh, that people become firm friends on board, you know, and from every walk of life. Um, you know, we get we get um, American, Canadian, Australian, uh, French, um, English, Scottish, you know, anywhere really, yeah. <laughs> New Zealand. Uh-huh. So. Um, it's a nice atmosphere on board.
0: Well, I was going to ask you, you've jumped ahead of some of my questions here and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to ask, um, on a typical, your ships are typically 10 to 12 uh, guests, as I understand. Um, and I was curious, are, is the makeup normally, uh, as you say, four or five couples, uh, and, and a single or two who'd never met, or is it more typically, um, say, you know, f- four to six people all traveling as a group and maybe one or two other people who happen on?
1: Yeah. I would say it's mostly doubles, uh, mostly like maybe, you know, husband and wife. and then But um, all of our – we always reserve on every single cruise um, two double cabins for single occupancy, and we never charge a supplement, um, which is good. I think we're pretty much one of the only cruise companies out there that are that don't charge a supplement because we feel that it's, it's unfair that, um, you know, we want our, our singles to, to have the same experience as, as everyone else. And, um, you know, so that's why we don't charge a supplement um, and they get a lovely big double all, cabin all to themselves.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, as a guy who travels uh, single solo, I applaud, yeah. I applaud you for that. Um, because oh, you're right. I think, you know, I've, I've not done any cruising, but I, I'm familiar with the fact and even a lot of hotels in Europe, uh, oftentimes, yeah. or, or certainly when you're on group tours, they're always designed for couples. Um, and then if you're uh-huh. traveling alone, you end up paying, you know, an additional price. And I've always thought that a bit, or you
1: unfair. end up in double sometimes.
0: I've always thought that unfair. And I noted that in your, uh, on your website and, and had, uh, in fact, intended to ask about that.
1: We have a huge bank of, um, single travelers that they always come back and book, um, you know, where they they go they go quick. They go they go pretty much first. <laughs> so as you can imagine, um, but no, we generally go out with these uh, you know couples. Um, but but we have seen uh, an increase in private charters mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of years, especially three night private charters. Um, I don't know what it what it is, and it seems to be a, a focus from um, you know four generations of, of family to groups of friends coming and wanting to take over the whole boat um which seems to be doing quite well but the the sales team um we're just saying that um you know we're already um for next this next year already doubled the amount of private charges that we that we normally have um for the following year so um it's great because it's good for the crew because they they love well it doesn't really matter the crew will, will you know are wonderful anyway but they love private charters because you get that kind of, you can create your own bespoke itinerary um, depending on the cruising area and the wind and what tide and weather direction. Um, But you can really kind of, you know, create your own cruise um, and you have your own crew and your own boat to play on, (laughs) which uh, is cute.
0: I would think for a large family or, um, Uh or especially nowadays, you know, corporate retreats are all the thing where you go away to kind of, cleanse and refresh and and get rebooted mm-hmm. to go back to work but um mm-hmm. for a purpose like that we have that, had
1: many of them i must admit. no n- not many corporate but we we have got what well, we have got a couple this year um but we used to do them in in you know in the past but um, it really tends cuz um we only do three nights minimum uh-huh. um some retreats you know prefer like the one or two nights so um, but it's something that we are thinking about, uh, you know, for the future.
0: When I think of small ship cruising and I try to visualize what it's like, is it similar to traveling on a cruising ocean liner and everything is just scaled down a bit or is it more unique than that?
1: Well, you can't tend to cruise in a smaller cruising area um, because you only have like, say, three nights or six nights or 10 nights to, to cruise to these places. And our boats um, only sail about, you know, nine knots. Um, with the bigger cruise ships, you know, people go ashore and they've got the kind of, um, you know, guided tours and, and and you know, day proper days ashore where you would go and coach trips and things like that. What we do is because it's, you know, small kind of bays and, and, and sometimes we go to like um, just deserted uh, bays, which is lovely and you have a coastal walk. Um, other times you'll go and do a kind of a, a tour, you know, at Jewett Castle with um, Chief McLean and also, uh, or you would go to Tobermory and visit the, the little village or, or you know, things like that. So it's in a smaller scale, but, um, and the cruise ships, but we don't, we don't offer the guided tours, but we do have, um, you know, very knowledgeable crew that will, um, you know, tell you what there is on shore. And we, we're always working uh, with onshore partners to try and, um, kind of add value and, and make um, the, the shore trips a, a lot more informative for the guests. Mm-hmm.
0: But you do offer one experience that I would think you don't get on an ocean cruise. Um, mm-hmm. I was reading where uh, there's fishing gear on board and you can actually catch yes. dinner and have your dinner prepared for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have. Well, sometimes last year was really good. Actually, we had quite a few guests who, who caught some mackerel and, um, uh, and there's nothing better than fresh mackerel, I think. Um, and uh, we have some creels on board as well. And the crew will, will help you lay the creel, the, the lobster pots. And we have had lobsters and we have had crabs and swat, squat lobsters. Um so, yeah, I mean, the and also we offer um, in Lough's Belve, which is just uh, out just on the kind of south coast of Mull. Um, it's the, usually the kind of last night uh, aboard. There's a, a fantastic mussel farm, Inverlessum Mussel Farm on on um, in Lough's And our, you know, chef or, or the guests go ashore and, you know, kind of yeah, there's a donation box that you just put pop your money in and then you grab some mussels and you take them back and the chefs I mean the chefs the chefs are, are, are great. They'll, they'll 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 very happily, you know, cook you <laughs> whatever you bring.
2: <laughs> which is
1: good. And I think it's great because um, you know, we're looking we're, you know, um, promoting local produce and, and you know, also the, the local operators on Mal um and, and other islands.
0: And dining on board is, um, I guess I'll use the term five-star. I mean, from what I was – you share a number of Mm -hmm. the recipes online. I was looking at some of those, and it certainly looks to be uh, gourmet dining. And it does feature uh, local produce uh, where possible, and certainly – Fresh, fresh seafood—that has to be a yes. selling point for your operation. It is
1: a huge, huge selling point. But it is actually quite funny how many people say they don't like seafood. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but no, we get we get um, langoustines. Um, we have a uh, we have a, a fish merchant in in Oban that we work with. But also when when we're out on on the cruises. We've seen um, skippers radio to, to fishing boats to tell them to come over. So that's like fresh, you know, straight from the the, the creels. Um, and I think that's what is a big selling point: uh, seafood and shellfish in Scotland.
0: Wildlife has to be a part of these cruises mm-hmm. as well. And I'm sure there has to be some dolphin and um, I, I don't know. Would there be whale spotting on on any of your? Yeah,
1: we is have. Um, last year, um, we saw minke whales. Um, Orca uh, in fact we it was really funny we um, the Glenn Masson um, radioed to the uh, one of the other boats I think it was Glen Glenn Tarson and um, said "You come, come to the north coast of I think it was Muck and um there there's orca playing so like they all ch- cruised up there and you know that that was wonderful we put put it on we had a video straight away sent to us and we popped it up on social media which was great but we you know i mean wildlife is wild um you know you can't guarantee it <laughs> but we can you know i think from april to july you if you don't see a puffin on board the mal cruise I, you, you know um it's a shame because you know you we always always see puffins, um, which are those uh, cute little birds that you see on Lunga and the Treshnish Isles.
0: Yeah, the little, um, the little penguin-like birds is what I remember. Yeah, as, yeah.
1: Uh huh. So they're they're a big pool. Like we, uh, a lot of our guests say, you know, what was a highlight of your cruise? And most of them say puffins, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. But then you, know, you see your dolphins and your porpoises and um you know otters and things like that. And then and in, in the autumn time, you know, you might hear like stags rutting in the hills and stuff like that. I mean the big five and um wildlife in in, uh, in Scotland you, you normally see. So um But yeah, I mean, wildlife is wild, obviously. So, you know, it can be, if you do get a bad weather day or something, then you you generally, they they go away. (laughs) They hide
0: like all of us. Weather is always a a topic of discussion when you talk about Scotland. Uh So what is typical weather like for these cruises? I
1: don't know what it is about the inner and outer Hebrides, but they seem to get some, you know, kind of beautiful blue skies and, um, you know, gorgeous summers.
0: And what do you do on board when you have a really dreich day out?
1: Oh well, well, people don't come to; they shouldn't come to Scotland for the weather, that's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> well said. For sure, but uh, but no, on when when we have bad weather days, uh, which you know we do tend to sometimes. Um, you know, our our um, cruise coordinators in the office are on the phone straight away to the crew, um, helping them organise day day trips. We had, in fact, there was one day there was a couple of days in Sky. Where the boat really couldn't get that far, and um, but, but we organize a land tour, so we organised land tours, day tours out. You know, we even went to when we went up to Loch Ness, um, we, we got our guests over to Kilcalodden. So we we always kind of strive, we're always working, you know, every day to organise something for them to do, um, you know, to get off the boat. Um, but if you know, if they're, if they're stuck on board, we have a plasma screen and we have a a great library of wonderful books and games and things like that. And people just tend to, you know, tend to to hunker down and and enjoy it really (laughs) can be quite fun.
0: (laughs) Well, I I mean, your options are somewhat limited. It's not like you can go far. I mean, you're not going to get away from the weather in Scotland. So uh, no. And to me, the weather in Scotland—that's actually a part of the attraction—is is to yeah. be able to go and see things it's and just do just, things What was in, it?
1: There's no, no such thing as bad weather. It's just just incorrect clothing or something. Yeah,
0: something <laughs> like that. Yeah, absolutely. Billy said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me, what is the typical crew on board your ships? Then, what are the different roles and, and uh, people that we would? Uh, we would meet on. Board. Yeah,
1: well, well, first of all, you've got your skipper um, who, I mean, we've got some, some of our skippers have been, in fact, Martin McQuarrer, he's been with us since the beginning and he's on the Masson and he's he's a salty sea dog, as we call him. <laughs> he's, uh, he's great fun, local to Inverness and um so he would uh he'll he basically runs the boat um he's in charge um but then next uh you have your engineer and um your engineer is uh, runs the the engines and you know any, any maintenance on board the boat Um then you have your chef uh who is um who provides you all your meals on board and um, we've got some some great chefs margaret is coming back she's our swedish chef and um and um Michael, um, he's he's a German Canadian actually, so he's been with us quite a, quite a few years. He's coming back this year as well. Um, and um, and then we have our bosun, who's kind of like your host or hostess, uh, depending if it's male or female, mm-hmm. uh, but but generally they all mack in together. I mean, Martin's a dab hand at, at folding napkins, and <laughs> uh, the skipper, um, and you'll Put see. Sometimes see, yeah. I mean, everyone gets of course there. Are, there are only four, four crew on board for you know eleven or twelve passengers. Mm-hmm. You know, they all mack in in the evenings and stuff like that. But they all have their own jobs. But but they, I mean, they be, they work together throughout the whole season. So they, you know, they become. Um, you know, kind of like a family almost. And and the guests always, um, in fact, we've, we've had guests asking for a particular crew when they come back, ah. <laughs> which has been great. So, no, we've been really lucky with our crew over the years. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to, to meeting some new faces this year and seeing some old ones um, for, for this season.
0: Well, business certainly must be good. You, you say it's been 14 years, do I remember correctly? Yes. Yeah, because uh, as you mentioned, you are launching uh, a new purpose built ship in 2019, yes. I believe, is when that will come on board. Um, yes. Tell me a little bit about that. And this is not, as, as we talked earlier, the, the original two ships were Irish fishing vessels that were uh-huh. uh, transformed, wooden hulled ships. Uh, but your two newest uh, ships and the one being built now are steel hulled ships.
1: They are steering held. Well, first of all, the Glen Etiv. When we we were um, reaching capacity with the two boats, and my father has always wanted five boats <laughs> in the Majestic line. So the Glen Etive was built, but there was no more Irish fishing boat. I'm sure they probably would have gone with another fishing boat if they had, but um, but the uh, there there weren't any. Um, so, but then we decided that to go further afield to the Outer Hebrides, uh, we wanted a steel, a purpose built boat that had one more cabin. So we had seven cabins instead of six, which would take the full complement of 12 guests on board um, and slightly larger sur- you know, surroundings and stabilizers built in you know, for, for those lengthier trips to the Outer Hebrides. I mean, we can see that the forward bookings for Glen were, were were crazy. You know, they we had a lot of previous customers coming back. They wanted to, we, we introduced new itineraries to St Kilda and also to the Outer Hebrides and to Sky and the Shands. And our guests are, you know, we have a, a loyal um, customer base um, that have come back. I mean, we have some guests that have been 10 times, 12 times. Um and they wanted to come on the new boat and so the Glen Etiv has been a, a huge success. So Dad said, We need another boat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: we decided to I mean, I think he'd started drawing Glen Shield as soon as Glenette was finished. <laughs> so he's uh so the Glen Shield will will be very similar to Glen Etive. She'll she will be her sister ship. Um, but she will be sailing to um we've just created well we've just um, started a new cruising area to the northwest coast uh, mainland. You know, kind of following almost with the the North Coast Five Hundred, which is what we should which is made popular you know road trip mm-hmm, you know to yeah. visit Scotland. Um, and she, Glen Shiel will have a slightly different observation saloon. Um, more kind of couches round the side for more kind of like chatting and you know observing um, as you head towards um, St Kilda. Um, but yeah, I mean, these boats are, are, are fantastic. They're the, I, I love the old converted boats, but there's something, I think it's because the Masson's my favorite because she was the first, <laughs> but, uh, but Glen Ettivett and Shiel will, will be spectacular.
0: And I can attest to the fact that certainly you have the demand for it. Um, I'm coming yeah. back to Scotland in, in the summer. For my uh, fourth trip, and I'm there for a couple of weeks, um, basing up on the Black Isle, and I thought, well, as, as I started to learn a little bit more about your company and was doing some research for mm-hmm. our chat, I, I thought, well, this is a pretty nice idea. I, I think I'd probably maybe like to tr- give this a try. So I was looking at your bookings, and uh, for the two weeks I was there, and, and there were <laughs> no openings, and I looked a little further, and my gosh, 2000 your 2018 <laughs> season is Fully booked. There are no, no spaces available no. not just for the no. two weeks I'm there, but for the four or five months that you have your season. I know. Is I mean this gone. is the
1: first time. It's it's unprecedented really. I mean we're but what's been great is that the the other cruise companies are, you know, are, 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 everyone's doing well. Yeah. Which is good. Um, you know, which is great uh, for us and also for, for the other um, you know, cruise operators in the area um as well. And but yeah, I mean, with forward bookings, that's what I mean, 2019, I think we're already about over 25 percent. Yeah, I, I saw that.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I'm fortunate now that um, I think for the foreseeable future, I'm making an annual trip to Scotland. And so I thought, well, okay, I'll look at maybe doing well, this. Well, I'll
1: have to book you in.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look at this for 2019. And, yeah. and I looked there and I thought, well, there are some openings, but there's there's a substantial number of uh, bookings already there. So um, yeah. this is not the type of trip that you can then, uh, clearly not with your business, or not with you anyway, uh, you can just sort of decide on the whim. For example, if I were to decide now, well, I think I'll go to Scotland on my a vacation this summer and I'll mm-hmm. do a small ship cruise. I would be out of luck where you're concerned. So
1: I know, uh, a- I think it's, it's, it is a shame, you know, that <laughs> way, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, it always, it wasn't always like that. It wasn't always like that. I mean, we did have quite a lot of availability in previous years, but I think there's, I think it's the emergence of small ship cruising being recognized.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Scottish, Scottish tourism has also benefited from what everyone now terms the outlander effect
1: um outlander uh, yeah i mean yeah. outlander we we did a bit of research into this and um there are a couple of places um you know like glencoe and there was another there was another one as well um but outlander has been huge like um, martin our skipper said we get people chatting about this all the time And I think it has really kind of uh, because it's huge over in America and and Canada and places like that.
0: It is. The theme, of course, is is the famous Sky Boat song and going over the sea to sky. And you now offer (laughs) that as part of your your tour operation. There is a tour there. (laughs) And so I was curious if you have felt any um, increase in business because of perhaps the Outlander effect that everyone now references.
1: I think we have. Yes, definitely. I think we've definitely... um, benefited from more international um, guests from Outlander. I think um, especially hearing from the crew um, after people being on board, you know, saying, oh, can we go to this place? Can we go to that place? Are you anywhere near that place? And, um, you know, just over, over just over the last year or two, a uh, year, um, we've started to notice it in the office as well. Um, in fact, I saw Outlander was filming in Glasgow the other day.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so... Uh-huh. But no, it is it is a huge um, thing for us. It's a shame that that quite a lot of them are over the east coast. Um, quite so, but then it would be it's good because people are coming for a longer trip to Scotland. Maybe coming to us for a six night cruise or a three night cruise, and then you know travelling on to you know a land to do a land tour on Scotland. You know we get that a lot with our international um, guests is that they make a big trip of it. Um, so we're just a part of, of their trip to Scotland, you know, so they'll maybe take three weeks, you know, and come over. Um, but it's great that, that that we're part of it too.
0: Yeah. Let's talk a little bit, uh, one of the things I always try and find out about for my own benefit, because I have, I've got bad knees and so I have somewhat limited mobility. Mm-hmm. What are accessibility issues and, and how do they come into play with regard to people who might want to take one of your cruises?
1: The way that our boats were built... There are accessible, accessibility issues. So what we do ask, um, you know, on our booking form is that you are um, sufficiently, you know, agile and mobile to be able to um, get on and off a tender boat, uh, which is a rigid boat, and um, be able to walk on and off the boat. Um, you know, unfortunately, we do not... Um, you know, we can We just can't have uh, wheel, wheelchair users right. unless it was a more. It was a fold down one that you can take on shore. We have done that before, um, but it's just the way that the the boats are designed um, that it. it, it it, it doesn't help. Um, you know, we're not like the big cruise ships where you have like a big gangplank and things like that. So unfortunately, we do, we can't cater to all.
0: Right, sure. Um, yeah. Let's talk about a few of the peculiarities of Scotland. And um, mm-hmm. one thing that comes to mind in the area that you're cruising and in the, the season that you operate, what about midgies?
1: Oh midges, <laughs> Yes, the dreaded midgie. Yes. Um yeah, I mean we midges are on shore, obviously, uh, through the months of I would say like I don't know, July to I think, was actually, it? I think yeah, they come May, out to me late
0: May, to late September, May, May like to September. Like yeah.
1: Yeah. May to September, yeah. But all what we're because we always anchor offshore, um midges don't like to fry fly across water. And um, so we generally don't have any problems with guests, you know, with with midges on board. Oh. Um, but we do see that, you know, sometimes if there is a little bit of damp in the air and there's no wind, then you're going to get bitten by midges. <laughs> so <laughs> what we do see is that we have a we have a stock of our preferred a. Uh, um, I think we we have a lot of Avon Skin So Soft, which okay. is amazing.
0: Yeah, so I you, don't know what have, it is
1: about it. It's not even a midge repellent, um, but it, it is it rec- seems,
0: it's recommended as a midge repellent. Strangely enough,
1: uh, yeah, but yeah. It, we have loads of it on board. Um, so people, we, we tell people to put that on when they go ashore. But you, I mean, you can't get away from it in Scotland um, on shore. But but generally on our cruises, you're fine. Okay. <laughs> on board the boat you're fine
0: and, and for people listening who aren't familiar with what the midges are think of i grew up in the southern united states where mosquitoes are uh, uh-huh. terrible and midges are mosquitoes a thousand times over uh they're a thousand just,
1: times worse and a thousand times smaller oh yeah <laughs> they're, they're, just,
0: they're incredible little beasties on any kind of cruise uh, issue you've got to be talking about seasickness is that an issue on your cruises
1: Uh, It can be sometimes, but not not really. Um, I think if you what we do is we show we pride ourselves on sheltered cruising, you know, especially on the Masson and the Tarson. We are always cruising close to shore um we're always we always cruise for maybe a maybe a couple of hours and then we, we we anchor for lunch and then the guests go ashore and then you know back on board and maybe cruise again for another you know so we're never cruising for long periods apart from when you're going to st Kilda which is which is quite a long basis in an eight hour cruise um but the Glenette of uh, she was built with stabilizers you know for going out to the outer hebrides where it can be you know the prevailing wind is westerly so you can get quite big seas sometimes um so those stabilizers are, are fantastic for, for um you know, stabilizing the boat and generally we don't I mean you get seasick so you get people that are seasick on on buses. You know, so <laughs> yeah. um, sickness, on land, yeah. so but no, yeah. generally it's it's not too bad. We, we always try and go close to shore, and the, the skippers have like a long long range forecast, and um, always a three day long range forecast for them. Uh, so they they will choose a, a a cruise itinerary that will suit that week's you know wind and tides and weather, um you know to make it as comfortable as possible for for guests.
0: Travel blogging has become uh, quite a rage in the last uh, last handful of years. Um, have you have you been approached by? Have you had any travel bloggers on board? Because that now seems to be. I
1: would love to. It's been he- like travel blogging. I think, especially with social media, people tend to um, listen to travel bloggers mm-hmm. yeah. um, a lot more uh, than you know your. But, well, we've been really lucky with all of our our travel writers that have come on board. They've all been pretty much freelance. Um, So, you know, they've they've maybe written about us in, in various different publications. But, no, I have been approached... Um, by some travel bloggers, so um, that's something that that the, um, it's just finding space for them. There's no space for them this year, but <laughs> I think it's a it's a great way, um, and people are tending to use, um, you know, listen to, to. In fact, yeah, I was watching the the Wave Awards, and and this travel blogger um, Emma Latisse, she she won, um, so I've been in contact with her. Um, and, um, you know, it was a reader's choice as well. So, you, you know, people are looking to travel bloggers for their, uh, recommendations a lot more now.
0: Yeah. I, I think they've almost in a sense, um, replaced, uh, the traditional travel agency. I mean, you know, you used to, to plan a holiday, you would go into a a, uh, a storefront travel agency and say, I want to go to Scotland or Greece or mm-hmm. the Mediterranean or whatever. And they would hand you a stack full of brochures and you would go look. Inside, right. which, and then they would hand you these pre-planned itineraries. And that was how you did holidays. And as I mm-hmm. say, I'm making my fourth trip to Scotland this summer. And I do all of my planning on my own. I do it all online, and I I do Uh have a number of friends now that are travel bloggers, and I look to their blogs uh, to to see, especially once I've decided on, for example, this year I'm going to base on the Black Isle. So I'm going Uh to a lot of my travel blogs that I read and looking at at their recommendations on things to do, places to see that are in that area. Mm -hmm. Um, And and they sort of are. It's almost like an online brochure, I guess, is the way to look at
1: it. It is. Yeah, I think it's great, actually. Although I've we've seen quite a um, an increase in our um, American uh, guests using home, like travel agents, home workers um, to, to book because they're booking everything for them. And mm. um, so I'm seeing a, a kind of resurgence of that recently. Uh, but yeah, generally, I mean, we like with the review, you have got TripAdvisor, you've got all these kind of, everyone's, everyone's a blogger out there, aren't they? So <laughs> yeah. um, everyone wants to have, leave a review of places. So, um no i think i think that's definitely where it's going uh, word of mouth and recommendation is where it's going and and uh, yeah i mean i would i would look to a travel blogger and I, to, you know to go abroad
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I, I guess to kind of wrap things up then um I, i'd be curious to know when, if I were to come to you and say, you know, why should I consider a small ship cruise? What, what's unique about it? What am I going to see? What perspective of Scotland will I come away with from a small ship cruise that I perhaps would not get from a typical uh, land-based excursion? Um, what would you say to, to a client like that?
1: Well, basically you, uh, you have this, um, Ever-changing scenery, um, which is lovely, and in the comfort of your own cabin, um, you know it's like a it's like moving accommodation, basically. That's what's so lovely about it. And you, there are some real untapped remote areas in Scotland that you simply cannot get to um, by land. And you know we're giving you know you the opportunity to to go um, and visit these beautiful little um, islands and bays and, and sea lochs. Um, and see it, you know, in the luxury of, you know, you have this wonderful Scottish hospitality, um, wonderful Scottish produce, you know, uh, freshly cooked every day for you, um, in 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 the um, the comfort of an ensuite cabin.
0: <laughs> I guess if you were a fan of water beds from back in the day, it's like you know having your very own huge waterbed
1: (laughs) it is yeah well after when you come off off the boat after six days you you do tend to kind of sway a wee bit (laughs) yeah but no i think it's 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 definitely a a different way to see scotland um and uh, you know we're only you know we have great there's great transport links to Oban from glasgow you know it's it's really easy flying to glasgow or, or train to glasgow and train up to Oban or, or a car or th- something like that. And then you're, you know, within three hours, you're, you're, you're sitting on deck with a and t you know. So there's something quite, quite spectacular about um, s- sitting out on deck and, and watching the sunsets. I mean, the sunsets in the west coast of Scotland are, are to die for.
0: I have to admit, sitting on deck of a small ship, sipping a and t and watching a Scottish sunset does sound rather idyllic. My thanks as always to my guest, Myrie McGee, for taking time to share with us the story of Scotland's majestic line and a bit more about their small ship cruising. As noted earlier, they are completely booked for the 2018 season and forward bookings for 2019 are already filling. A link to their website is on our show notes at www.underthetartansky.scot just in case you'd like to learn more or even get started on a booking of your own three-, six-, or ten-night cruise in 2019. A quick shout-out to my friends, the band Smithfield Fair. They're a Scottish band from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, who graciously provide our closing theme and many of the musical bumpers heard here on the show, including the Sky Boat song used earlier in this episode. I don't always get a chance to say thank you to them often enough for their generosity. And a reminder that the podcast is now available on your favorite podcast listening apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Overcast, and Stitcher. If you enjoy what we do here, and we certainly hope that you do, a we review left on Apple Podcast is always appreciated. Until next time, I'm Glenn Moyer. Topolave, I guess I'll
1: under the Tartan Sky is a production of Glenn L. Moyer Creative Communications For show notes and more information on this and all Under the Tartan Sky episodes please visit our website at www.underthetartansky.scot Have an idea for a future episode? Or we'll get in touch via email at info at Visit and like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter where our username is at underscore Tartan Sky. That's the underscore symbol Tartan Sky. And thank you for listening.